here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Joe Biden wants to know what the Republican border plan is, Mr. Producer. I've got it. All the policies Trump had, put them back in place and finish the wall. There's my plan. I think it's two sentences long. What a disaster. And you know... As bad as it is, and it's horrific, it's the worst it's ever been, ever. It's going to get worse come the end of the week with this Title 42 ending. Even there under Title 42, 99% of the people who came through were cleared through because they didn't have time really to do the tests for COVID. But now that the foreigners know that they can come into the country regardless... They're lining up by the thousands over, and what you think about this, about 10,000 a day, 70,000 a week, over quarter of a million a month are going to come into the United States. I want you to think about that. Where the hell are they going to go? And of course, the impact on society is just going to be enormous. There is a civil lawsuit in New York City. I've been meaning to get to this, and I want to get to it. There's a lot of talk about this so-called rape case in which Donald Trump was sued. Many, many years ago, the allegation is. And I want to go through this with you. And then we have a lot of other things I want to discuss with you as well. But Byron York of the Washington Examiner is a very careful reporter. Very careful. And he writes, A lawsuit brought against former President Donald Trump by the humor 
and advice columnist E. Jean Carroll says Trump raped her sometime in 1995 or 96. Carroll, now 79, cannot remember which year it was, but at a minimum, the alleged attack took place, she says, about 27 years ago. Though she says she told two friends about it at the time, the writer Lisa Bernbach and New York television newswoman Carol Martin, Carol did not report the alleged crime to authorities. She did not tell anyone else. Years passed. The statute of limitations for rape uh, came and went. Even one 20 years later, Trump ran for president and other women accused him of misconduct. Carol remained silent. Carol says she did not speak up because her elderly mother, a longtime Republican, was ill, and Carol did not want to set off a distracting controversy. She also worried that accusing Trump might actually help his campaign in some key states in the 2016 election, and she most certainly did not want to help him to win. So for personal and political reasons, she remained silent, she said. Carol has said her mind changed in late 2017, when the powerful Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein was accused of sexual assault. The Me Too movement began and gathered steam, and to Carol, it, quote, suddenly seemed possible that even Trump could be held to account, said her lawsuit. And even then, Carol did not speak out. It was not until 2019 that Carol publicly accused Trump, who by that time was president of the United States. Why in 2019? Because she had a product to sell. In the spring of 2019, writes York, Carol began a promotional tour for a book in which she described what she says Trump did to her. As part of the promotion in the run-up to the book's publication, Carol appeared on the cover of the New York magazine wearing the same dress she says she wore when Trump allegedly attacked her in a dressing room at the New York department store Bergdorf Goodman Top Top Store more than two decades earlier. Carol has said she broke the news in a book because she didn't want to tell the police or an elected office official or a journalist what had happened. Perhaps that's the case. It's also true that writing a book, unlike going to the police, was a way to make money while making news. And in this case, it was a book with a spectacular allegation. In any event, the rape that allegedly happened in 95 or 96 did not become public until 2019 when New York ran an excerpt of Carol's new book. The excerpt was titled Hideous Men, and the book was What Do We Need Men For? A cover blurb called it the most bitterly funny, fantastically furious book to explode out of the Me Too movement. As part of her promotional efforts preceding publication, Carol used Trump's fame and notoriety to start a new career in what might be called the hideous man business. For a fee, Carol conducted what she called the most hideous men in New York City walking tour, which she led a tour group on a 90-minute walk around some of the city's Me Too landmarks. And the tour began at Bergdorf Goodman's 58th Street's entrance, precisely the place where Carol said she first encountered Trump on the awful day he attacked her. But Carol conducted the tours in the weeks and months before she revealed a rape accusation against Trump which made the Bergdorf stop a little odd. Why start at the place where Carol said Trump raped her when the alleged rape was still a closely held secret? In addition, Carol's friend, Bernbach, who confirms that 
Carol confided to her about the alleged rape in 95 or 96, wrote a puff piece about Carol's tours in The New Yorker. Bernbach's account described Carol leading the tour group to Trump Tower, where Carol said, 23 women have come forward to say President Trump tried to ogle, touch, grindy grind, grabby grab, and worse with them. It is 24 women if we include Ivana, the mother of Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka. Of course, it would have been 25 if Carol revealed that Trump had raped her, but neither Carol nor Bernbach said a word. Everybody saved the secret for the book. When Carol unveiled the rape accusation, New York posted notice of the excerpt on Twitter on June 21, 2019, ahead of the book's July 2nd publication date. Trump reacted in a classically Trumpian fashion. He denied it all. He said he had never met Carol in my life. He said she was trying to sell a book. That should indicate her motivation. Later, he said of Carol, number one, she's not my type. Number two, it never happened. It never happened. Carol later produced a photo of herself in a group with Trump at a party sometime in the 1980s. That was proof he had, in fact, met her before. How ridiculous. I'm in photos all the time with people. I don't even know who they are. He dismissed that as no big deal because it was a brief moment in time and he attended thousands of parties in the 80s. He stood by and repeated the rest of his reaction to her allegation. That is where things stood when Carol, by then a darling of the anti-Trump resistance, attended a party at the Manhattan home of another resistance figure. The writer, Molly Zhang Fast. The party was in honor of yet another resistance figure, the comedian Kathy Griffin. Among those in attendance was still another resistance figure, the lawyer George Conway. You remember Fat George, don't you, folks? Kellyanne Conway's, uh, I guess, past husband. The gathering was, in the words of a New York Times account, resistance Twitter come to life. Conway was someone important for Carol to meet, a high-powered lawyer, Back in the 90s, he'd been part of the so-called Elves, a group of lawyers who secretly helped Paula Jones sue President Bill Clinton for sexual harassment. By 2019, Conway was in a far different position. His wife, Kellyanne Conway, ran Trump's campaign and went to the White House as a top advisor. For his part, George Conway was originally interested in a big job in the Trump Justice Department. Later, when he didn't get it, he became virulently anti-Trump, so much so that he would be invited to a party for Griffin as Zhang Fast's apartment. At that party, Conway became an elf all over again. As the guests enjoyed themselves, the catering was by Morno Fuco and was said to be excellent. <coughs> Excuse me. Conway persuaded Carol that she should sue Trump for defamation. The idea was that when Trump denied having met her, and then said she was making up the rape accusation to sell a book, and then said she, Carol, was not his type, that was all defamation. Carol could sue Trump for that. And then, of course, the case would focus on whether the alleged rape actually occurred. So it would be like having a rape trial for Trump, even though the statute of limitations was long past. See, these are the sleazy lawyers. Carol said she had never been interested in suing Trump, but the talk with Conway convinced her. Conway even suggested a lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, who had co-founded a Me Too legal defense nonprofit group called Time's Up. Kaplan was apparently deeply committed to helping victims of sexual abuse, but deeply committed to politics, too. 
In August 2021, she resigned from Time's Up over sexual misconduct allegations against New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo. Problem was, Kaplan was not standing up for victims, but was, quote, involved in an effort to discredit one of Mr. Cuomo's alleged victims, according to a New York Times report. Remember that? The E. Jean Carroll case would be a mix of sex and politics, but with a Republican villain. Carroll sat for a deposition last October and asked how the lawsuit came about. This is what she said. Quote, at what point did you decide to file a lawsuit against the defendant? Well, wherever I went after the story, people said, are you going to sue him? Are you going to sue him? And I would say, no, 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 not going to do it. I'm just not. And then I had a conversation with someone who knew the ins and outs, an actual lawyer, and he said, you should really seriously think about it. Who was the lawyer without getting into the conversation? George Conway. How did you meet George Conway? Met him at a party at Molly Jong Fast House. Was he your lawyer at the time? No, 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 no. So after you spoke to George, did you retain counsel? Yes. How soon after? The day after? The day? Two days later? Did George recommend Ms. Kaplan? Yes, he did. So the lawsuit was born in November 2019. Carol sued Trump for defamation. Trump, who had the, prote- the protections of office as president of the United States, tried to get the suit thrown out. Legal wrangling ensued. Then two things happened to change the case. First, Trump left office. Second, in 2022, the New York legislature passed what was called the Adult Survivors Act, which allowed people who said they were victims of sexual assault to sue their alleged assailants, regardless of when the alleged attack occurred, even if the statute of limitations was long overdue. But the new law gave victims just one year to do it. That was called a one-year look-back. The Adult Survivors Act went into effect November 24, 2022. Within hours, Carol filed another suit against Trump. This time, she repeated the defamation charge and then added an allegation of battery under the Adult Survivors Act. So the trial beginning now will be about more than just defamation. It will also cover the facts of whether Trump committed battery against Carol on that day in 95 or 96, 27 years ago. It will not be a criminal trial, even if found responsible. Trump would not go to jail, but Carol will seek significant financial damages. Now, we'll take a break, and I will continue, because I know you didn't know all of this fa- these facts, because I didn't, but I want you to know how this case came to be. This case came to be at a never-Trumper event, and there had been pretty much all silence until that point. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right. Physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 
Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Well, let's continue this. And you should know that there is, again, a Democrat judge in New York who's been ruling repeatedly against Trump. It's just terrible what's happened to our justice system. It's not a justice system at all. Anyway, let's continue. So Carol, who brought this suit at the urging of never-Trumpers, is also receiving financial support in the case, and no one should be surprised to learn it's coming from the resistance, anti-Trump world. As part of the pretrial depositions, the news emerged that tech billionaire Reed Hoffman is bankrolling Carroll's case. Like so many others involved in Carroll's side, Hoffman is profoundly anti-Trump. He's also not afraid to push the envelope of anti-Trumpism. In 2018, he apologized for funding a group that secretly imitated Russian disinformation tactics in an attempt to benefit the Democrat in Alabama's special election for the U.S. Senate. Hoffman's money has made some waves in the Carroll case because... In her October 2022 deposition, she denied that anyone was paying her legal fees. Here is what Carol said. Question, are you presently paying your counsel's fees? This is a contingency case, she said. So you're not paying expenses or anything out of pocket to date? Is that correct? I'm not sure about expenses. I have to look that up. Is anyone else paying your legal fees, Ms. Carol? No. As the trial approached... Kaplan, Carol's lawyer, wrote to the Trump legal team to admit that Carol, what Carol said was not true. Quote, during the course of preparing for a testimony at trial, Ms. Carol has recollected additional information, Kaplan wrote. Well, Ms. Carol stands by the testimony about the case being a contingency case. She now recalls that at some point her counsel secured additional funding from nonprofit organization to offset certain expenses and legal fees. Oops, the nonprofit group was a Hoffman group called American Future Republic. All right, I've got to take a break and I'll finish it up. But I do want you to understand how they're trying to set up Donald Trump on this one. I'll be right back. Now, I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fall out could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, Call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. 
Reparations, it's such a scam. Such a horrendous scheme. Massive redistribution of wealth. Massive attack on the taxpayers. I think here as I went with family to one battlefield after another. All the lives that were lost who get no respect whatsoever. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of thousands of men who lost their lives. The vast majority of whom were white Christian men who are under brutal attack today. It just makes me sick to my stomach that they get no respect whatsoever. Look, I say this as a Jew, and my family wasn't even here until the early 1900s. It's just unbelievable to me. People getting up in front of microphones and screaming at the top of their lungs that they deserve reparations. And even more, that even if they're paid under the proposals that are afoot, they're not enough. I wondered to myself, how does the Democrat Party get away with this? They pretend they're righteous. And yet they're Democrats. And how do people who demand reparations register at Democrats? How is it that we pull down monuments of the past from the Confederacy, not even from the Confederacy, even people who fought on the Union side, but the Democrat Party name unlike the name of Confederate generals and others, removed from schools and elsewhere. Unlike the Confederate flag. How is it that the Democrat Party name doesn't suffer the same result? No demands that the Democrat Party change its name. No attacks on labels of Democrat Party on buildings and cars and all the rest. What a scam. What a complete fraud. And now reparations. I've said it a thousand times and I'll say it again. If reparations are to be paid, they'll be paid by the Democrat Party. The Republican Party was born in 1854 as an abolitionist party. Maybe there were some Republican slaveholders, but very few. And so why don't we be discerning if we're going to do reparations about who's responsible for what? About who should pay what? About who was here at the time? Why don't we? Because this is, in part, a Democrat Party play with their base 
And this is just another piece of the puzzle of American Marxism. That's why. People who are alive today don't deserve one penny in reparations. Not a cent. It's a free country. You want something, go out and earn it. And this isn't a systemically racist or unjust country. I know that. Because migration only goes one way in this country. Into the country, not out of the country. If you want to leave America, there really are no obstacles to leaving the country. The obstacles are supposed to be coming to the country. And yet people violate our laws, and in some cases risk their lives, shark-infested waters, drug cartels, and the rest, to come to this country. People who were born in this country, who yell the loudest in this country, they don't leave it. And they're not going to leave it. And by the way, I'm not just talking about black people. It's white people, too. They don't leave it. Greatest country on the face of the earth. This is why I had on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday. Ms. Park. Yamena Park, who escaped North Korea via China where she was sold into sex slavery at 13 then escaped thanks to a Christian preacher in South Korea then came to the United States then went to Columbia University and from the first day forward said wait a minute this is even worse than North Korea what they're teaching here In North Korea, they don't teach you to hate your own country. In America, they do. And she said there was absolute censorship. Absolute shaming. Absolute segregation. That you were not free to speak. That's what goes on on our college campuses, Stalinist college campuses. This whole idea of reparations is another Democrat Party play. After all, it's not the Democrat Party's money. It's your money. If you're a distant relative of Abraham Lincoln... Or Ulysses S. Grant. Or one of those poor men who fought on a battlefield wearing a Union uniform and died whose name is not remembered, whose purpose is not remembered, whose battle is not remembered. You get nothing. Absolutely nothing. You don't even get respect. 
You don't even get acknowledgement. According to critical race theory, you're part of the white dominant society. And yet, if you even speak the words I'm speaking, you come under attack. You must be a neo-Nazi or part of the Klan. Part of the Klan. The Klan was another Democrat Party invention. Another Democrat Party invention. Yeah, I'm Jewish. Threatened by neo-Nazis. I must be part of the Klan. Yeah, right. So, this is completely bogus. Completely bogus. And people ought to object to it. They ought to challenge it. Legal groups in California ought to fight it. Because this country's going to hell. It's unraveling. It's unraveling fast. At the hands of the Democrat Party. Reparations. Up to $1.2 million. And people are testifying it's not enough. It'll never be enough. And the people who are demanding it deserve nothing from the public. Zero. You're in a free country. You're in a capitalist economy, at least partially right now. Property rights are protected, except by Democrats. You want to go out and make money? Make money. You want to invent something? Invent something. You want a great job? Go out and get it. You want an education? Go get it. People in this country are free. I said people in this country are free. They're even free to hate it. They're even free to make tens of millions of dollars of books attacking it. As racist. They're even free to get tenure in our universities and colleges. They're even free to get elected as Democrats. They're free to do anything they want. Unlike any other country on the face of the earth. So don't tell me what you deserve. Or what you should get. You deserve and should get nothing. Zero. Many people have ancestors who went through hell. Three, four, five generations ago. But that's the point. It's three, four, five generations ago. People have suffered through the Holocaust. People have suffered in Ukraine in 1932. Slaughtered by the millions. Enslaved. Enslaved. They should... Well, we should go back? No. If you're in the United States... You should thank the good Lord that you're here. There's also an argument that's made that 
but for this hideous, really grotesque practice of slavery, which sadly and unfortunately is a poison that's played out in so much of the world. But obviously here in the United States, it is definitely a very bad mark on our history. No question about it. But no cultures are perfect. None. And let's not pretend that they are. No cultures are perfect. No European culture is perfect. No African culture is perfect. No Central or South American culture is perfect. Where they all practice slavery. And torture. And misogyny. Every corner of the planet. It's not an excuse. There are no excuses. It's a fact. It's a fact. A sad fact. And it's still going on today. It's going on in China. It's going on in North Korea. It's going on on the continent of Africa. It's going on in the Middle East. It's going on on our southern border. Thanks to Joe Biden's policies. And I hear nothing about that. That's going on today. Not 150 years ago. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now I know you guys are worried. Federal Reserve staff said banking crises fallout could push the economy into recession this year. But you can do something about that. Learn how to protect the retirement you worked really hard for. I think a great way is to diversify with gold and specifically a gold IRA. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. My favorite gold IRA company is Augusta Precious Metals. You got to call these guys and learn how a gold IRA can help you. So if you've saved 100000 or more in a 401k or an IRA, call Augusta Precious Metals and get their ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them Mark sent you, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open a gold IRA. Call Augusta Precious Metals today, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions. Get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. What a great company. are breaking as I sit here so um, but really that's the end of the story with respect to the civil case in New York uh, there have been closing arguments so you'll get an opinion another Democrat jury I'm sure with a Democrat elected judge that never goes well uh, but I will say that the defense counsel exposed the fact that the story that uh, Carol came up with, or, the, or her story, per se, um, was very similar to a Law & Order episode. And that Law & Order episode um, was something that he brought up in court, uh, President Trump's lawyer. And she said, yes, you know, that's just a coincidence. Well, we'll see what happens, but to me it stinks to high heaven. George Conway 
sleezing around in the background as he's eating uh, seven hot dogs at a time. Really a disgrace and embarrassed his wife. Another disgrace. That guy's a real pig in more ways than one. I will be on Hannity, I guess, around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time, if you'll post that, Mr. Producer. I wasn't here Friday. For three and a half years, I've gotten a needle in my left eye. And without these fantastic doctors and without this medicine, this cutting-edge medicine that wasn't available 10 years ago, I'd be blind in my left eye. I don't know what happened three and a half years ago. I had a hemorrhage behind the retina. But in any event, it still leaks, and this needle is necessary to keep my eyesight. And sometimes uh, the needle plays tricks. And uh, it was extremely painful. My eye was sealed shut. I couldn't read, uh, so I couldn't do the program. Who sat in? Larry O'Connor, Mr. Producer? Larry's a good man. Known him a long time. I know his wife. My wife knows his wife. Uh, I want to thank Larry uh, for filling in on very short notice. I very much wanted to do the show. Unfortunately, we had to cancel an important guest, Governor DeSantis. But we will have him back. I promise all of that. Um, and also, let's see if I missed anything else. No, I don't think so. I think we're set. Now, Lenny, New York Post uh, is one of the biggest newspapers in the country. It's the oldest still printing newspaper in the country. It is a good newspaper. It breaks a lot of stories like the Hunter Biden story. While the White House press office barred the New York Post from attending President Biden's only daytime public event today, as federal prosecutors near a decision in criminally charging Hunter Biden for tax fraud and other crimes, which the Post has covered. And as they write, Biden, who falsely characterized the Post reporting as Russian disinformation, uh, appeared with Transportation Secretary Buttigieg to talk about airline policies at the White House adjacent Eisenhower Executive Office building. But the New York Post was prevented from joining the event. Has anybody heard anything from the rest of the corrupt media about this? This guy, as I said on Life, Liberty, and Levin, is the closest thing we've ever had to a fascist. I'm talking about Biden. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Actually, the whole world listens in. I am Mark Levin. It's a pleasure to be here. Jamie Raskin is a left-wing rat fink. His father was a commie. I'm not kidding. Helped found the Institute for Policy Studies, was a defender of Stalin. Before that, 
and he uh, and he bred somebody named Jamie Raskin. And uh, Raskin, of course, was on the January 6th committee, on the impeachment committees. Um, he raised objections to Donald Trump's election in 2016. And he's, of course, righteous. He doesn't get charged with anything. Well, I've already talked about this 14th Amendment. I suppose I'm one of the few who has. But the President of the United States does not have a power under the 14th Amendment, a post-Civil War Amendment, that has nothing to do with current times with respect to the debt. Nothing. Uh, to basically rewrite the Constitution and eliminate the House of Representatives' core function, which is to borrow and spend and tax. That's its core function. But the Democrats are relentless. They do not want any limits on what they can do with government, whether it's free speech, uh, whether it's the war on the independent press, whether it's to ignore our immigration laws and allow people to violate them and come into our country, and uh, whether it is to spend us into oblivion. And Jamie Raskin is one of those leading the, uh, leading the charge. Jen Psaki is a fraud, a phony, and a fake. As Biden would say, the three Fs. And, of course, she is Raskin on her show. And she sets him up with a stupid question, and he gives a pathetically stupid answer. Cut 13, go. As a constitutional lawyer, do you think he has that authority, and is it something you think he should do? Um, I think he has that authority under these circumstances, absolutely, because uh, the Congress has put him in a constitutionally untenable... All right, let, let us stop. Let us stop. Number one, whether he's in a constitutionally untenable position or not doesn't give him the authority to violate the Constitution. Number two, Jamie Raskin voted... And the Democrats have supported all this spending and borrowing. It is they who have created this situation. The Democrats and then the likes of a McConnell. Go ahead. Um, Section 4 of the 14th Amendment says that the validity of the public debt of the United States shall not be questioned. So if Congress It's not what it says. You took it... (laughs) You pulled out five words. It wasn't talking about today. It wasn't talking about the next century or the century after that. It's talking about post-Civil War. The Civil War debt. And in discussing the Civil War debt, it was discussing what could and couldn't be paid for. As we discussed, any monies that went toward rebellion or insurrection, uh, the amendment says they were not to pay for. They were not to reimburse. Any monies that were owed as a result of the war uh, would be honored. The full faith and credit would be honored. It's nothing to do with the schemes of the Democrats and Biden and the rhinos in jacking up spending before the Republicans are sworn in in the House 
and then they drop this ball on their head and say, you have to fund everything that we that we demand as well as everything that Biden is now proposing on top of it. So that's not what the 14th Amendment says. And this is one of the reasons they've been softening up the Supreme Court and the constitutionalists on the court. This is why they tried to destroy Alito with a leak. They've tried to destroy Clarence Thomas for the 4,000th time. And now they're gunning for Gorsuch, too. This is a largely constitutionalist court. So they're taking aim at the three, the three top constitutionalists. They're not spending a lot of time on Barrett, even though they spent some. They tried to stop Kavanaugh in a horrific uh, confirmation hearing. But they're not all that worried about him. And, of course, John Roberts is Hollywood John, and he can go either way, so to speak. So um, so that's what they're doing. And they're trying to intimidate these justices with their mob. They're trying to intimidate these justices with hearings. They're trying to intimidate these justices with pro-Pupica and other radical left-wing publications on ethics issues. And unless and until they're able to destroy the members of the court or able to control the court, they're going to keep up this campaign. And this campaign started a long time ago with nominations. With nominations. uh, Under Reagan. Started with Bork. then, Then Clarence Thomas wound up with Kavanaugh. But a lot of appellate judges, too, have had to face this. So Raskin is a fraud and a phony. He won't come on this program. I've offered to debate him publicly. We can't get a hold of him, so I can't offer to debate him privately. But we will say again publicly, Mr. Raskin, tear down your wall. Mr. Raskin, come on the program. Mr. Raskin, I'm just a radio host. You should be able to out-debate me. What's the problem? They're all. MSLSD calls you a constitutional lawyer. Mr. Raskin, we can discuss this. Your opposition in 2016 to Trump's election, trying to bar electors. I don't believe you've been investigated by a grand jury, have you, sir? And we can discuss the impeachments, and we can discuss your time on the January 6th committee, and your acquisition of 13 of my emails. So let's discuss this, Mr. Raskin. You phony fraud, you coward, you moron. But let's discuss it civilly. Now instead he has to talk to the other phony fraud moron, Pasaki. Pasaki. Wonderful. Denver City Council member Candy... I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's too many consonants. C-D-E-B-A-C-A. Is the C silent or the D silent? Sidabaka. Sidabaka. And I'm going to give a hat tip to Libs of TikTok, another courageous and hilarious group. And very, very important group. I want you to listen to another Democrat. You only hear this in the Democrat Party. And so when I call them Marxists, it's... Hey, what do you mean we're Marxists? 
Marxists. M-A-R-X-I-S-T. Marxist. Cut 13. Go. Capitalism was built on stolen land, stolen labor, and stolen resources. And a check today could not um, undo the cumulative impact of generations of that stolen wealth in all of those categories. And so I think it has to come in the form of land, labor, and resources in an ongoing fashion. And there are structures that we have that could be flipped to begin to do that that reparations. I told you there's no end to this. Of course, that's a lie. Capitalism was built on stolen land, stolen labor. Okay, who stole land from whom? Now, which group are we talking about now? Native Americans? There were actually people here before the Native Americans. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? But still, I don't know which, what people she's taught. Which people are now are we supposed to be giving stuff to? I'd like to know. Uh, But she doesn't tell us. So I told you, this is an ongoing thing. Payment today, land tomorrow, destroy capitalism the next day. These are Marxists. Marxists. And this is exactly what Ms. Park meant when she was in Colombia. That at least in North Korea, the people don't attack their own country. Here in America... We get this from a city councilwoman in Denver. Capitalism was built on stolen land, stolen labor, and stolen resources. There weren't a lot of slaves in the north, in the northern colonies, Mr. Producer. And they built up their industries there which were very powerful during the course of the Civil War. And so slavery didn't build up the northern part of the states. That's for sure. Because there weren't any slaves there, very few. And in the southern part, excuse me, the vast majority of people there didn't own slaves. Certainly, Some did, and that was enough. Don't get me wrong again. I don't want to be misunderstood. But most of the men who were fighting in the Confederacy for the South didn't own slaves. Too many did, but most of them did not. And so while obviously slaves contributed to the economy of America, no question about that, And obviously what was done to them is absolutely unconscionable. Unconscionable. That's not what built the country. But the Marxists don't care. They hate capitalism. They hate capitalism. And the land was stolen from whom? 
Were the indigenous peoples Native Americans or Indians, or were the indigenous peoples the people who now live in Central and South America? It's very perplexing because they don't really explain. I know the whole history. I've got it. But they don't. She goes on. Cut 16, go. And I think there's a model that could be redistributed. Instead of a bid collecting extra taxation from the black and brown businesses that are struggling, you could be collecting those extra taxes from white-led businesses all over the city and redistributing them to black and brown-owned businesses who are not targeted or who are simply just black or brown-owned. Why should we do that? Why should one small business subsidize another over race? Why should somebody who owns a hamburger joint who's white subsidize somebody who's not? And I suspect most of the people who are in small business who are minorities are not asking for any of this. Because they know what it takes to run a business. This is just another Marxist on another city council in another city. But why should that be done? That is to... To resolve what exactly? And to address what exactly? Cut 17, go. I also really uh, want to point out that the basic income project uh, could be, if it were focused, uh, an important way to return a check to an individual in an ongoing fashion. But in its current format, is not reparations or not close to reparations. One, it doesn't focus on black and brown people. Two, what they are experimenting with is unhoused people, and it's not a livable or prosperous wage. It is a welfare wage, and we know how that has worked. Those types of checks have not served us So the people who are getting checks, whomever they are, are not getting big enough checks. Even though they're on the dole, they're just getting checks. They're on welfare. But they're not getting big enough welfare checks. We know how that goes. So what's stopping them from working, most of them, or many of them for that matter? I don't know. Or getting an education? I don't know. And it doesn't focus on black and brown people. What doesn't focus on black and brown people? You know, capitalism is a funny thing. It doesn't care what race you are. It could care less. Now, socialism does care. Marxism does care. It's called groupism. It's a word I think I've coined. Groupism. As opposed to individualism. Individualism is get off your ass and work. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what happened five generations ago. Let's go. Or you say it to yourself. I want to make something of myself. I get to live once on this planet. And that's the way it is. I want to live once. I mean, I want to live well if I'm going to live once. That's how free-thinking people think. That's what free will's all about. That's what unalienable rights are all about. But for the Marxists, it's about groupism. Like I say, a word I never heard before, so I've just made it up, I think. But you can look it up. Well, no, you didn't. I don't care. 
First one on radio, that's for sure. So it's about groupism, which is dehumanizing. Every one of these people you listen to, every one of these Marxists, you can hear it in their voices, how dehumanizing they are. How dehumanizing they are. Well, this business, these people, they can subsidize these people. And the people who did this, we want their land because they shouldn't have done that. I'll be right back. Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Joe Biden's uh, poll numbers suck. Um, and he said it's because of all the negative news. <laughs> now he sounds like Vladimir Putin. His poll numbers probably suck and... He controls the news, and he probably thinks it's because of the negative news, too. Joe, um, the country is unraveling. The economy is imploding. You, uh, you've done grave damage to the nation, to the culture, to the economy, to the border, to law and order to the military, grave damage. When we come back, let's take a little peek at this stuff. Don't forget I'll be on Hannity tonight. I think uh, around 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code 
Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, Biden's, well, I want to thank the polls out there. Biden's poll numbers are very low, Mr. Producer. Did you know this? I want to thank the polls, and I want to thank, uh, who else should I thank? Oh, those polls. Excuse me. I was about to thank the Italians, the Irish, the Jews, everybody. But here we are. CNN today, they point out Biden has the lowest approval rating of any president at this point in any presidency since polling began. And so what they have to do now, of course, is indict Donald Trump on other charges. That's their only hope. And that's why they will not appoint a special counsel to investigate Biden. Because that'll be the end of him. All his dirty laundry will be will be revealed to the American people. Crooked Joe. But just so you know, that's why they're never going to let up on Trump. And by the way, they're never going to let up on DeSantis either. Now, Chris Christie, Chris Christie's out there. He's apparently campaigning for Joe Biden. Hindenburg Chris, I think we'll call him now. We'll go back and forth between the uh, Cape May Orca and Hindenburg Chris. I like Hindenburg Chris lately. Hindenburg Christie's even better. So he has this platform on ABC News on Sunday. And uh, this is where he spouts off like a uh, sperm whale and makes his dumbass comments. And so he's trying to take down Trump in order to build up Biden. I know what he's doing. He's sort of the 412-pound Joe Scarborough. Or Mika Brzezinski. Well, either way. Anyway, CNN reports that, well, Biden's numbers are a problem. Let's take a listen. Cut 22. Go. In the first real snapshot, if you will, of President Biden's standing since his reelection announcement, voters are saying he has real work to do. And that's even among his own party. A new Washington Post ABC News news poll found that 58 percent of Democrats and Democratic leaning independents that they want the party, their party, to nominate someone else. You Biden's- know why? Do you know why? Do you know why, CNN, the crap news network? I'll tell you why. Because inflation even affects Democrats. Gas prices even affect Democrats. Food shortages affect Democrats. Food price increases affect Democrats. Like they do everybody else. So the ruling class and the elitists and the activists, they'll continue to back Biden because they've never had it so good. Biden's a chameleon, and he's a chameleon now for the Marxist movements. Um, So they've never had it so good. So they'll be the dead-enders. They're the true believers. They're the fanatics. However, 
other Democrats who work for a living, many of whom get dirt under their nails, in other words, blue-collar, hard-working Americans, they're not so happy. Go ahead. Remains underwater as well. 36% approval, according to the Underwater? I thought they were talking about Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick. Anyway, it's Joe Biden. Go ahead. News poll. That's the lowest for any American president at this point in their first term. 36%. Yeah, that's the lowest. 36%. And I bet they counted illegal aliens in that, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Back to Harry Truman. Let's get to the White House. So wait a minute. So... Joe Biden's ratings probably lower than Vladimir Putin's in Russia right now. That's my guess. Go ahead. CNN's Arlette Signs is standing by. Arlette, lay out for us how Biden stacks up, first and foremost, when it comes to the Republican frontrunner right now, Donald Trump. Yes, Arlette. Well, Kate, it's very early in the process, but this poll does show some challenging figures for President Biden as he's just under two weeks into his reelection campaign. Now, you notice you notice they hire the smartest and the sharpest. It's early yet, but looks like he's got a few challenges. Really? Yeah, like putting one foot in front of the other. And not sticking a fork in his nose. Go ahead. One of the concerns that voters have expressed have to do with his mental sharpness. If you take Mm. a look at this poll, only 32 percent of voters said that the president, who is 80 years old, has the mental sharpness to serve effectively. Compare that to former President Donald Trump, where only 54 percent of voters said that the former president, who is 76 years old, has the mental sharpness to serve effectively. Now, President Biden has pushed back against concerns about his age. He said that he as he decided to run for re-election he took a hard look at his own age and ultimately decided to move forward yeah with but here's it. the it w- deal boy boy does she talk fast i will tell you this i don't care what biden looked at we have to look at him all the time and we have to listen to him all the time he's a doddering old fool now there are 80 year olds and 82 year olds honestly who are sharper than i am There are 90-year-olds who are sharper than I am. When my dad was 93, he was sharper than I. When my mother was almost 89, she was sharper than I. Joe Biden is an idiot. It's not even an age thing. He's an idiot. You can be, you know, in your 50s, like Chris Christie and be an idiot. But Biden's an idiot. He's always been an idiot. Now he's a super duper idiot. Go ahead. Recent interview, he said that his age gives him more experience and also, quote, a hell of a lot of wisdom. So that is one thing that the president. No, 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 no. He doesn't have a hell of a lot of wisdom. With a lot of people, age does bring wisdom. I think that's a proverb, actually. But with Joe Biden, age just makes him more stupid. It just does. When you start out at a base of stupid, well, let me, let me use Chuck Todd talk. You're kind of on a spectrum, right, Mr. Producer? I mean, when Chuck Todd talks, he talks about a sexual spectrum. It's not just men and women. There's a spectrum. According to the experts that Chuck Todd has dealt with, probably personally for that matter. 
But the, the experts will tell you you're on a spectrum. Well, in the case of being stupid, you're on a stupid spectrum. And uh, Joe Biden's in the lowest of the quintile. In fact, so low, there's not a quintile that he's in. Go ahead. As he moves forward in this reelection bid is those concerns about his age. But I also want to show you uh, what this poll has to say about hypothetical general election matchups. If you take a look at yeah. President Biden and Donald Trump, this shows that 38 percent of voters say they would definitely or probably vote for Biden, while 44 percent say that the same for Trump. Then take a look at DeSantis. Thirty seven percent say say they definitely or probably would vote for Biden compared to 42 percent for DeSantis. Now, one thing to note in this poll is these questions are worded differently compared to other polls that are evaluating these possible general election matchup. But it is still very, very early in the process. But these uh, figures have shown uh, right there, at least, that the president is trailing uh, his uh, chief rivals on the Republican side. We know that the president uh, took aim at both of those men in that uh, announcement video for his campaign. So these are just some of the challenges that the president will have to overcome in the coming months with a campaign 18 months away. She gives me a headache. She talks so fast. You know that? Now, all that said, President Trump said to me, what kind of a presidential candidate makes his or her announcement with a video? They get up at a podium and they speak. But not Joe Biden, because they probably had seventeen or eighteen hundred takes. All right, Joe. No, no, no. You're running for president of the United States, Joe. You're not running for president of Utah. Well, I wouldn't win president of Utah. That's right, because you're not running for president of Utah. Did I already announce my re-election bid? You did. Just now on the video. Oh, how did I miss it? Because you weren't watching it, you were giving it. Oh, giving what? Your re-election announcement. Oh. Was the New York Post in the audience? No. Good. Peter Ducey? No. Good. Glad to hear that. Was Walter Cronkite there? No. The hell's wrong with that old bastard? I've always been good to what He's gone. Gone where? He's not with us anymore. I told you that bastard disrespects me. That's right. Can you imagine being his handler? Can you imagine? I have some thoughts, and I could be wrong about this, of course because there is no transparency in this White House. I think one of the reasons he shuffles off the stage real fast, Mr. Producer, you want to hear this? I think he wears Depends. I'm not kidding. If he's even quasi lost his mind, and this isn't even funny, And given his age, I think he quasi is incapable of controlling himself. I really do. And I think this is one of the reasons he quickly shuffles off the stage. Now, what does this say about Jill Biden? Now, Jill Biden knows her 
her husband has some level of dementia. We all do. We're watching it. We're watching. You have to be. You have to be crazy not to notice it. Whether he speaks, the way he walks, his cringy look, the way all of a sudden he'll yell out at somebody. He's not with it. We all know this. Every foreign leader knows this. But Jill Biden lives with him. And she's the one who persuaded him to run. What kind of a power-hungry woman is she? And obviously, she doesn't give a damn about the country either. By the way, one of the most, one of the weakest first ladies we've ever had. The other first ladies, you know, at least with Michelle Obama, she's doing a fake garden in the background. Well, look at this, organic. Ah, right, right, right. And uh, she wears these weird dresses, and everybody had to pretend, oh, she's the best-dressed first lady in the history of first ladies. Wait a minute. Better than Melania? Better than Jackie O? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, okay. But this one, Jill Butt, nobody knows what she's doing. She's going to Philadelphia sporting events where the fans can't stand her. They don't want her there. Lenny Dykstra said every time she shows up, we lose, like, the World Series. We lost the Super Bowl. Uh, and, of course, Lenny Dykstra is right. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. I'm reading with one eye, so. It is what it is, Mr. Producer. It be what it be. You know, I thought the uh, interviews last night with uh, Dershowitz and Park were really important about the loss of civil liberties what's taking place on our college campuses, what's taking place outside of our college campuses. Uh, And, of course, what the Democrats do, and Joe Biden's good at this, even given his uh, senility, and I mean that, uh, which is the twist of the language. So now we're the book burners and we're the book banners, even though what we're talking about is removing pornography from little kids' libraries. Our public libraries, whether they be at schools or elsewhere, shouldn't have pornography for little kids. This is basic stuff. 
But you see, when you call that out and you say, wait, that's perversion, or you want to read it in front of a school board, they shut you down. But Joe Biden now, he's running on a freedom agenda for President of the United States, his re-election effort. Freedom. Joe Biden has done nothing for freedom. He's done everything against it. Nothing for freedom, everything against it. But he wants you to think that spending money, creating programs that benefit his left-wingers, dragging the country into a recession, that that's freedom. No, I don't think so. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Look, I want to thank the retired Marine, 24 years old, on the New York subway system, who stepped in to protect the other passengers on that train. Obviously, he had no intention of killing the individual who had a very long record, including punching an old woman in the face and other assaults and batteries. But he was threatening people. He was claiming that he was going to harm some people. And um, I have no reason to believe that that Marine wanted to kill the individuals. In fact, what happened after when they realized he was out is they tried to resuscitate him. So it's obviously the case that he didn't intend to. Now, I'm watching these people protest in the subway, blocking the subway system, preventing people from getting out of the subway. And I'm noticing that 90% of them are white. And I'm noticing that 80% of the 90% are very young. College age, you might say. Newly minted Marxists. And what are they protesting exactly? What are they protesting? So you have a good Samaritan who steps forward. Could have gone the other way, for all we know. Maybe something would have happened to him. But if we had enough cops, and if we had politicians who backed them up, maybe a good Samaritan wouldn't have had to come forward. But I want to thank him for coming forward. I want to thank him for intervening. Obviously, what happened at the end was a tragedy. And I just hope he's not charged because New York is a cesspool of left-wing idiocy and insanity. And I'm talking about the prosecutors and the investigators of the George Soros ilk. I also want to thank a security guard in San Francisco who chased off a shoplifter. The shoplifter comes back, bashes him in the head with a bottle. This, this security guard is a big dude. Throws him to the ground and apprehends him. And now he's being charged. He's being charged. 
And he's now under attack. He's under attack. So once again, the radical left in this country has created mobs of lunatics, absolute lunatics, who are protesting against, they're not protesting against the system, they're protesting against you. Whatever your race is, whatever your faith is, whatever your background is, whatever your legal status is, they're protesting against you. Because all this maraudering that's taking place, it's against you, against the system. It affects individuals. And these these fools have taken over the city streets and neighborhoods. They've taken over schools. They've taken over other places and so forth. You have this guy. I don't know much about him, but you have this guy in a mall in Allen, Texas. As I understand it, he's outside. He waits for people to come. He starts picking them off. He kills eight people. And injures a whole bunch more. It's horrendous. And there's Joe Biden and his wackadoodles on TV going on about gun control. Ten people were murdered, I believe it was ten, in Chicago, and I believe it was Chicago over the weekend. These people say not a word about it. Mehdi Hassan, if that is his name, on MSNBC, up against me on Fox, gets crushed, even gets crushed by CNN. It's the fall of the NRA and Fox that this occurs. The moron Roland Martin... When I was a kid, Roland Martin, I think it was Roland Martin or somebody like that. He was a uh, comedian on Laughing. But nonetheless, this guy's an unintentional comedian. And he's got a daily digital show. That doesn't sound good, does it, Mr. Producer? A daily digital show? What does that mean, a daily digital show? Anyway, that's, that's Martin. Let's listen to what this genius has to say. Cut 11, go. The only way to change any of this is to completely wipe out the Republican Party. Somebody has to say it. Greg Abbott, the governor, is sick and demented. He has literally done nothing. And you're an ass and a fat slob. Demented. Now I think I know what they mean by daily digital show. Wipe out the Republican Party. Now, language like that is okay. Wipe out the Republican Party. Some nutcase may hear what he says, and if Republicans are killed, Roland Martin's going to pretend he never said it. Pretend he never said it. But Roland Martin, did he talk about what happened in our cities over the weekend? Not a word. And he won't. Because he's a, he's a coward. Go ahead. Governor Dan Patrick, the leadership, uh, Republican leadership in the state, they literally have done nothing. They have ignored your Valde parents. I was at the Texas Capitol uh, a few months ago uh, where they were rallying there. They are not going to do anything. 
But here's also what no, I they're to not have. going to take people's guns. They're not going to do that. Because it doesn't work, number one. And number two, it's not their right to do it. I don't understand this. It doesn't even make sense. Let's try this, shall we, Roly? May I call you Roly, Roly Poly Martin? If you have a criminal mind, or you have an evil mind, or if you're sick, when you go to a gun store to purchase a gun and you have to fill out the paperwork, are you going to tell the owner of the store, that there's something wrong with you? Are you planning to do something? No. So that's not going to work. Let's say you say that people can only buy one gun a month. Okay, the guy buys one gun a month for three months. So that's not going to work. Let's say you say we're going to outlaw magazines that hold more than seven rounds or five rounds. People make magazines in their basement. Or they can get them in the black market. So that's not going to work. Let's say you outlaw weapons altogether. Well, we have a wide open border. Not just illegal aliens and fentanyl drugs coming across. Illegal weapons are coming across. And of course, more will come across because the drug cartels get it. They know how this works. So that's not going to work. But let's say law-abiding citizens comply and they say, you know what? All right. Can't get weapons. I can't get any more weapons. I can't get bullets. I can't get any more bullets. So if you're a gangbanger or you're a terrorist or you're a head case or whatever the reason is, you're not going to follow any law because you're already planning on breaking the law to begin with. You're, gonna, you're planning on taking somebody's life, which is the worst thing you can possibly do. So outlawing it for everybody else isn't going to work. It just means they're disarmed. So that's not going to work. So these clowns sit there and they pontificate. They think they have the answers. They don't have anything. And in the meantime, they come from the same mentality and the same party that wanted to disarm the cops. And then they claim, no, we didn't. Well, you certainly didn't support them. You believe they're systemically racist. You don't believe they should have immunity. Pretty much same thing. So you destroy, in many respects, law enforcement. You got your Soros prosecutors and judges. You want to disarm law-abiding people. You want to pass laws that aren't going to do anything. You don't have any answer, you schmo. No, you don't have any answer. And neither does that jackass, Mehdi Hassan. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pete Flaherty's an old friend of mine, even though I haven't seen him or talked to him in years. National Legal and Policy Center chairman. How are you, buddy? Good, Mark. Good to be with you. Well, you sent me an email, and you were arrested on Saturday, and I said, 
maybe the audience wants to hear about this. You were arrested on Saturday. What in the world were you doing? Well, I was doing something that one would not expect to result in arrest. I was at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting, shareholders meeting in Omaha, you know, Woodstock for Capitalists that took place this weekend. I was the presenter of a shareholder proposal that we are sponsoring, the National Legal and Policy Center. I was given three minutes on the agenda uh, to speak in favor of our resolution, as were other proponents. I um, got about a minute uh, into my remarks and was interrupted by a Berkshire official who approached me from the side and uh, I appealed to the chair. I said that I was not going to be censored. Uh, and I appealed to the chair, who was Warren Buffett. And uh, I won the appeal. He told me to continue, but to stay within the three minutes. I got about another <laughs> 30 seconds or so. And uh, Buffett uh, started saying something. I really couldn't make it out. But in any case, uh, soon after my mic was cut, uh, within seconds, I was surrounded by representatives of something called um, Clark International Security. Um, I was told I had to leave. I said I would leave when I finished my statement. And um, uh, soon after, a uniformed Omaha policeman who was nearby was summoned. Uh, he placed me out of, under arrest and dragged me out of the arena. So they didn't like what you were saying. No, and what what's remarkable... Saying? Yeah, well, well, what's remarkable is um, at the time I was dragged away, I was still within my three minutes. I thought I had a positive ruling from the chair already, and it was a little unclear to me whether my microphone uh, had been turned off. But what I was talking about was um, our shareholder proposal for an independent chairman. I was arguing that Warren Buffett is so uh, identified with Berkshire, the company, that the company risked reputational uh, harm by uh, his politics. And I pointed to all the money he's put into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's going to support things like critical race theory and uh, gender ideology. And we all know about Bill Gates's uh, uh, response uh, to COVID, which, you know, he was repeatedly wrong. And, um, but I really touched the third rail on a mention of Jeffrey Epstein. I talked about Gates, uh, I said uh, rhetorically that we know how much he cares about children and that he uh, uh, traveled and met with Jeffrey Epstein many times, even after Epstein had been convicted of sex crimes. And apparently that was too much for Buffett. And at, at that point, my mic was cut and uh, I was <laughs> carted off to jail. Tell me what they did to you in terms of uh, arresting you in the car and then taking you to jail. Well, I wish to make clear that the Omaha police were courteous and professional the whole time. I have absolutely no problem with them. Uh, but I was led from the arena. Uh, I was uh, transported downtown by two more cops. I was uh, searched. I was handcuffed. Uh, I was charged. I spent about three hours there. I finally bailed myself out. And, um, um, and I was a free man again. What were you charged with? I was trespass. charged with criminal, yeah, criminal trespass, which is a, a curious charge. Uh, I was on the agenda. Now, it is true that, that, Buff, that uh, Berkshire Hathaway had control of the arena and had their security there, but they are a public company with public shareholders who have rights. It's um, not 
they don't have total control over the meeting. It's subject mm-hmm. to the laws of Delaware, the corporate laws in Delaware, where Berkshire Hathaway is incorporated. It's also subject to regulation by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Mark, I've been a shareholder activist for 19 years. I've never had my mic turned off, and uh, much less uh, being arrested. And I've never heard of any other shareholder ever uh, activist ever having that happen happen to them. This is uh, unprecedented. Do you think your group, the National Legal and Policy Center, will sue um, Buffett for what he did? Well, I would maintain that I was falsely arrested. Exactly. Perhaps it was a malicious prosecution. Um, those questions are being reviewed by our general counsel, Paul Kamenar, right now. And he's a great lawyer. He's an old friend of mine as well that I haven't talked to in years. But nonetheless, I haven't talked to anybody in years, Pete. It's not just you. Um, well, I talked to him a lot yeah. today, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Good. Good. Now, let me ask you this. Did anybody in the arena at all come to your defense? Um, I was booed a bit. Uh, I was booed last year. Um, you got to remember that people come from all over the world for this meeting. Uh, people adore Warren Buffett. They're his fans. But at the same time, both this year and last year, I um, received many expressions of support for, for people who were there. In fact, the videotape evidence we have uh, came from people who just sent it to us unsolicited. The meeting, uh, the Q&A, the popular Q&A with Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett was carried uh, live stream uh, on CNBC. They had an exclusive deal. The business part of the meeting where I spoke was not carried anywhere, and I believe that was designed. So we had to rely on just uh, ordinary people sending us videotapes, and they've been doing that. And it's from several angles, and um, we're grateful for those folks who checked in, and they also uh, gave us expressions of support when they when they sent us that, that video. Well, do you think you were targeted because they knew who you were from the prior year? Their guard was up. Um, when I got there, the liaison from Berkshire came over to me and said, well, you know, I hope you're going to stay on topic, uh, which struck go. me as very odd. That's never happened to me uh, before uh, at a shareholder meeting. Uh, I have the right when I'm at that microphone to say anything I want, and they have no right to control what I say, and they have no right to silence me, yet they did. Yeah, I think a uh, it, it might be a... A very, very uh, important lawsuit uh, for the entire movement to hold these boards and these companies uh, accountable. If people want to help you, Pete, if they want to learn more about your organization, where do they go? Go to our website, nlpc.org. Let's put that on our sites, Mr. Producer, nlpc.org. Pete Flaherty, keep us informed. Take care of yourself, man. You bet, Mark. Thank you. Stay out of jail, for God's sakes. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. Anybody out there know Arabic? Mr. Reducer, Mr. Call Screener, keep a line open, would you please? I'm looking this up. I was just messing around during the break. And, uh... Biden's name backwards is N-E-D-I-B, Nadib. So I looked it up. So what does Nadib mean? And then I have here, somebody says in Arabic, it means, so, I'm saying, sower of corrupt seed. Sower of corrupt seed. I don't want any jokesters. I want somebody, maybe from... Uh, Ancestry from that part of the world or knows how to speak Arabic. Sower of corrupt seed. Is that what N-E-D-I-B means in Arabic? I'm curious. So keep one line open, Mr. Call Screener. Again, no uh, no kibitzers. I need to know. Because if it is, I've got a whole new shtick I want to do here. Right, Mr. Producer? So Joe Biden does this uh, phony interview with Stephanie Rule. A weirdo, if you ask me. What does she go on private jets with Wall Street types? Isn't that the one, Mr. Producer? I think so. And uh, Stephanie Rule, spelled Ruley, R-U-H-L-E, Stefanon, Ruley. Anyway, so uh, she's interviewing Joe Biden. I think it was late Friday, so it's under the radar. And uh, he considers this obviously a friendly interview. Cut six, go. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact you? How do you know there's no ties to him, Stephanie? No wonder they asked you to do the interview. You're an idiot. Are you not familiar with all the information out there about the big guy, Mr. 10%? Are you not familiar with Joey needing so many of of Hunter's business friends and so where have you been? Well, she's at MSLSD, like all the other schmucks. Go ahead. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. You're proud of him? You know, it's one thing to say he didn't do anything wrong, which, of course... Biden has to say, because if his son did something wrong in some of these circumstances, he did. But he's proud of his son. He's proud of the fact that he had hookers and what had a drug problem. He's proud of the fact that he was doing all these sleazy deals and he bought a gun while lying on a federal form. He's proud that his son didn't pay his taxes. He's proud of his son for having a daughter who he will not recognize and will not support. But then again... 
chip off the old block because his old man, you, Joe, you won't recognize your granddaughter either. And I want to say something about this. That's their flesh and blood. You don't turn your back on flesh and blood. I don't care who it is. That's a little girl. That little girl deserves a father. Her father. Her biological father. And she deserves recognition by her grandfather. Happens to be a president of the United States. As for the Biden name, I think she's lucky that they're not supportive of her having the Biden name. The Biden name is crap. But the idea that you father a little girl and you take no responsibility for that little girl really turns my stomach. The idea that the old man, his father, Joe Biden, says he's proud of his son. He makes me feel proud of him. It's appalling. Maybe this son needed a little bit more direction. Maybe that's the problem. Says he has six grandchildren. So does that Joe Biden. And they exclude this little girl. How do they think this kid's going to think and feel one day? I mean, I'm quite serious about this. If this happened in my family, I pray it doesn't. But if it does, it'd be handled completely differently. Completely differently. I don't know how you turn your back on a little girl. That has your blood and flesh. I don't know how you do it. People do it all the time, apparently. But that shows me what Trumps these two are, and they have absolutely no class, and they never have. Joe Biden's never had any class, ever. And people should be disgusted by this. This is why I think some people support abortion, abortion on demand, because they want no responsibility for what they've done. Hunter... Hunter is the father of this little girl because of acts he took. So number one, he fought it. Okay, he wants to make sure it's his. Got it. When he finds out it's his, he wants nothing to do with her. So this judge in Arkansas, I believe she's a a woman, she's had enough of him playing games. So they're playing games, and she says, no, you come into my courtroom. We're going to look at some of your business records here. You are the one that came to this court and said, do you want to either reduce or cut off uh, child support, whichever it was. And uh, you've got to demonstrate to me that, that paying for this is a problem. Joe Biden is a multimillionaire. Thanks to the communist Chinese and all the other frauds that have been paying him over the two years he wasn't in government. But he's a multimillionaire. You know what I would say to my son? I hope you pay it. 
I'll help you pay it. And I want that little girl at the Easter egg roll. And I want that little girl at different events where we have kids at the White House, Christmas party. I want her here. And I want you to be a father to that kid. That doesn't mean you have to be around the mother. I want you to be a father to that child. In fact, I insist on it. That's what I would say. Oh, Mark, you're not... I'm telling you, that's what I would say. I mean, Joe Biden meets people all the time. Little kids all the time. Who came into this world the same way this little girl did. He would never turn his back on a stranger. Wouldn't look good. It wouldn't look good. He would never turn his back on a four-year-old that was born under the same circumstances. But he turns his back on his own granddaughter. She is his granddaughter, whether he likes it or not. And that little girl will never forget what's being done to her, ever. I just hope it doesn't screw her up. And in some ways, it's probably better she's not around her father, who's a sick man, quite frankly, with his various addictions. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right. We have a couple of callers here who think they know what Biden's name means backwards, Nedib in Arabic. Let us go. Who are the callers, Mr. Producer? All right, we have Dave in Philly, Mark Levinap. Dave in Philly, go ahead. Hey, Mark, I could uh, go into a lot of detail, but I shall spare you. So I asked Rabbi Google, and sure enough, that name backwards is a sower of corrupt seed. It's an Arabic name. All right, that's what I saw. Now, I just wanted to be sure of it, somebody that speaks Arabic. Um, but thank you for your call. We have Greg in Manassas, uh, Virginia, the great WMAL. Greg, what do you think? Okay, Mark, uh, how you doing? Um, All right. So I don't speak Arabic, but I called a friend of mine. He does. He's from Morocco. And I asked him what the dib means, and he said it means clean. Now, that comes directly from him. So, But I do right. have something you might be interested in. might sound like a little kooky, but... Um, I uh, have this uh, text from a friend uh, when uh, Biden was uh, uh, campaigning, and his um, his text to number was three zero. Wait, 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 wait. What about it? Okay, that number. Okay, take uh, the year twenty twenty. No, 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 no. What are you getting at? Well comes up with his text to number all right my friend thank you we're not doing biden's text to number on the radio whatever it is hey we've got our standards here you the area fella all right who else should i speak to mr producer 
Ray in California, the great KSFO. Ray, go right ahead, please. Hey, how are you today, Mark? All right. Thank you, sir. Say, you know, uh, listening to you the past 45 minutes while on hold, I, I don't care much for yes men. You probably don't either. But, you know, brother, you just make it really, really hard not to listen to you and agree with every single thing you say. It's just very smart. It's wise. It's constitutional. It's ethically and morally upright. You know, me and millions of others just appreciate you so much for Aren't the national nice? pleasure that you are. You've turned, you've turned us into a bunch of yes men is what you've done. Oh, my goodness. Well, you're very, very kind. So, I just think I, I'm your yes man. In other words, I just think we share a belief system, a value system, love of country, love of family. And while we may not agree on every single thing, that typically brings us to the same place, don't you think? It does. It does. And before I ask my quick question, I have a really quick, brief little bumper intro I think you might like to use on your show. Do you yeah. want to hear it? What is it? It's Hark. It's it's Hark. It's Mark, that massive arsenal of real knowledge. <laughs> oh, acronym on your name there. Wow, that's very good. Anyway, what do you do for a living? My little theory about why Biden's running again. Yes. All yes. of us know from day one, he hasn't been in charge of anything. Doesn't make decisions. He, he reads what's written for him. And, of course, we've all seen that video of Obama who was interviewed about running for a third term at one point in time. It's on YouTube. And, and the man actually says his ideal situation would be, you know, to be behind the scenes and calling the shots and kind of running things. Mm -hmm. That would be perfect for him. He would love to do that. And I'm simply taking him at his word. And I assume my assumption is that uh, he and Susan Rice and his minions have basically been calling the shots the whole time Biden's been in. So... They got him in once, I, I believe, personally believe, uh, by, mm -hmm. by fraud. And why wouldn't they want him in again? They're running the country into the ground, but they're running the country and doing what they want. And they mm -hmm. got full deniability. And uh, why wouldn't they want to stay in power, the people behind them? Well, that's all true. In other words, they're getting what they want. The country's going to hell. Um, their policies are being imposed upon us by executive orders and other fiats of sorts. And um, I think you're 100% right. Good point. Thank you for your call. By the way, folks, I will be on Hannity in about a half hour on uh, the Hannity show. What, what, who else do we have? We don't have any time, do we? 40 seconds. Will in Texas, we'll get back to you, I promise. And by the way, the people, the family who lost loved ones in Texas, our heart goes out to you. It's so horrendous. You're right. We can't really know what it's like exactly. But just know there are millions and millions of us who are praying for you and stand with you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters in Taiwan and Ukraine. And I will see you tomorrow, and I will see you in 30 minutes. God bless.